This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, welcome back. Now it is time, as we said, for our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And I think uh, many people are unaware that there is a growing list of issues that your pharmacist can help you with, everything from managing chronic conditions to giving you a flu shot, helping you quit smoking, and explaining how to use certain healthcare aids and devices. And I know that for me personally, It's always fantastic to be able to get a professional opinion on something when I would never be willing or able to take the time to go see a doctor about, you know, something that wasn't earth shattering. So I'm here with Billy Chung of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Nice to see you. So uh, what are the th- some of the things that people may be unaware that you can help with and how can you help? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think maybe what we can do is just maybe give some people some background on just the pharmacist education today. Because uh, I know that the uh, the pharmacists coming out of school today versus when I was in school, just it's phenomenal the amount of education they get um, uh, from university. So in, instead of simply just four years of university, you, your pharmacists are coming out of, uni- out of school now with a minimum of six years of, uh, of university-level education on drugs and medicine and how they work. And that's very extensive. Um, on top of that, they also do 44 week- weeks of clinical rotations where they're in direct um, uh, activities of uh, learning in terms of clinical therapy management in hospitals, in the community. They're actually doing all that stuff before they even come out and graduate. Uh, so the, the amount of knowledge your pharmacist has to really take on a lot of these scope and these activities that we'll talk about is is just fantastic. Uh, and, and hopefully all the uh, uh, listeners out there do uh, understand, appreciate that when they go see their pharmacist, they are speaking to somebody who has a lot of knowledge and expertise. Okay, let's give out the numbers because if you have a question about what your pharmacist can do for you or any question about any drug that you're taking or that you want to take, uh, Billy is here to answer your questions. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. As I said, I'm here with uh, Billy Chung. And uh, if I may, I have a question yeah. because we're coming up on allergy season mm-hmm. and um, I take some over-the-counter antihistamines, sometimes they work, sometimes, sometimes they, don't. they don't. And and I've had a, a really weird experience recently where it worked on half my face. So <laughs> one eye was dry and one eye was tearing and, uh, you know, getting my makeup messed up in the middle of a, of a shoot. But whatever, it was very strange. 
Yeah. It, you know, allergies year to year can vary, right? And uh, definitely that's something that the pharmacist can help you with. And, and when you go into the pharmacy, the, you'll see there's a wall of uh, allergy medications that you can take from, from nasal sprays to eye drops to, to medicines that you take internally, right? So, um, I, you know, people need to look at what allergy medicine they're taking currently. Um, there's the newer types that don't cause any drowsiness, okay? Um, but there's different versions of it. And sometimes we suggest to people if they they're taking a version for a number of years that have worked and they're finding their allergies may not work as well anymore, then maybe they should take something different, change the type of medication they're on. Speak to the pharmacist and look at the options. There's several different versions out there that they can switch to, right? Because uh, your body may have gotten used to one of them. Oh, so that's interesting. That's that's very possible. Yeah. And then that kind of leads to one of the things that we talked about in terms of this role of the pharmacist is this expanded scope into what we call minor ailments assessments. And it's something that happens in some of the other provinces right now. Actually, a number of the other provinces, but uh, it's something we're looking to do in, uh, in Ontario as well, is to enable pharmacists to do these assessments on minor ailments, where it's things that are not the chronic conditions, as you talked about. It's not the heart disease and the, and the cholesterol and, and things like that. It is, it is things that are day-to-day that your pharmacist has the expertise to deal with, and then also be able to make recommendations and also provide a a prescription for something that would have required a prescription from your doctor, but it saves the system some opportunity from having you having to visit the doctor for something that the pharmacist can handle. And in the case of allergies, there's nasal sprays that pharmacists could recommend, and in other provinces they do, that require a prescription that could actually help you further than just what's over the counter. Oh, okay. Uh, what are some other uh, prescription-type drugs that, that you can prescribe in other provinces and I guess are waiting to prescribe yeah, here? this whole minor ailments thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's how do we use our healthcare system a little bit better? And there's a whole list of them. And, and if you take a look at some of the other provinces, pharmacists can look at, for example, uh, indigestion, right? right. Acid reflux. Uh, there's over-the-counter medications that people see, like even things such as Pepsid and things you might see on, on the shelf. Uh, they used to be on prescription. They're not on prescription now, but there's some some medications that are stronger that a pharmacist can prescribe that also reduces the acid that aren't available over the counter. Um, other things like uh, hemorrhoids, uh, even sore throats, even skin rashes, things like that, where you might be able to get a stronger cortisone-type cream that is not available over the counter. In other provinces, pharmacists can make those recommendations and prescribe it to the patients. And I remember once, I'm just trying to remember what exactly it was, but I think that I I ran out of some, or I needed some kind of prescription cream. Okay. Didn't have the prescription. Yeah. But the pharmacist kind of looked at it and said, well, if you take these two over-the-counter things, (laughs) it will almost be equivalent to that. And I mean, I would never have figured that out by myself. And, And whatever it was for, I don't even remember, it worked. Yeah, and if you take a look, even the uh, uh, things as simple as like ibuprofen for like pain relief and anti-inflammatories, the prescription strength of ibuprofen is simply just a stronger dosage in some cases, right? right. So uh, in that situation, you got a pharmacist who is being creative to say, here, here's a solution for you. Because you don't have a prescription, then I'm going to recommend that you can take based on your health history and what you currently have, how many, you know, more than maybe what's recommended on the over-the-counter bottle, right? Because they'll have a limit on what you right. can take over-the-counter. But be, because the pharmacist may have a good relationship with you and know what you've taken in the past, they know that you're okay to take more than that recommended amount. We never recommend someone to do that on their own. <laughs> yeah. Obviously speak with their pharmacist first. But I think a lot of people probably do do stuff on their own, and that's where they may run into trouble. Yes. 
Yeah, and that would be some of those concerns, right? Is that you don't want people to get those unwanted side effects and definitely some of the adverse effects that would have a detriment to their health, right? So, so I could also call my pharmacist and say, "Hey, um, I'm having X problem, and I, I want to take more Advil than recommended. Is how how good or bad an idea is that? Can they?" Yeah, and, and and I think in those situations, your pharmacist would need to have a relationship with you, have seen your health background, understand your medication history uh, before they can simply just make any type of recommendation outside of what's normally uh, recommended there. Okay, uh, Jacqueline is on the line. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine, Libby. How are you, dear? Fine. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, but I, I want I'd like to speak to the doc, to the pharmacist. Yep. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, hi, pharmacist. I uh, I want to know if a cortisone shot is dangerous for the heart. I have a sore shoulder. Is it something that your doctor is doing for you on an occasional basis? That's usually what happens, right? Um, I have a sore shoulder that I I use a. I forgot what it is. It, it's uh, it's it's an ointment that I rub on my shoulder, but it doesn't help the pain. Do you think that cortisone shot is hard on the heart? It, it, it should be fine if it's uh, taken, obviously given in the appropriate doses and um, obviously by your physician after looking at your situation. There's lots of different um, options for pain um, uh, relief and anti-inflammatories out there, of which cortisone is one of them, right? And the cortisone yeah, works... that's what I hear, that cortisone would, would stop the, the, the pain forever. It but might, yeah. It I don't might, know if it, it would say not. forever, but what yeah. happens is that a shot would go right into the area where the inflammation takes place. So, yes. um, but again, it's something that you you know you speak with your pharmacist first if you have a pharmacist you deal with that looks at your medications because yeah, there may be okay. other medications first before you start needing to get the shots. Right? There's different yeah, okay. kind of levels. Can I ask another question, or is only one question? That... Uh, we have to take a break. If it's a really quick question, you can go oh, ahead. Sir, it's a quick one is it's about melatonin. Yep. Yep. Is, is, is it addictive, pharmacist? It's, melatonin's not what we would consider an addictive medication. It's a, it's a natural substance that your body so actually I has. I, I, you know what it does? It makes me fall asleep at night. That's yep. what it's supposed to do. Yep, that's and right. And you're, you're, you're I okay. Take two. Is that too many? I take two. It's uh, it depends on the dosage of the melatonin, but I would suggest you look, tell your pharmacist about it, and they, oh, they should be able to recommend it for you. Here. Okay, okay. Talk to your pharmacist thank about you. the dosage, Jacqueline. Okay. Thanks for thank your call. Thank you, Libby, very much. I love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to give out the numbers again before we go to break. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Billy Chung from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he is happy to answer your questions back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Billy Chung from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We have a lot to talk about, uh, so we are going to take your calls. We've got Lynn in Burlington. Hi, Lynn. 
Hello. How's your day going? Excellent. How's yours? Very, very good. Thank you. My question for the pharmacist is, what is your opinion on these commercialized, advertised um, uh, diet pills, namely this one from Dr. Oz, this uh, Garcinia Cambodia? Oh, that's... I could have an answer about that one. Oh, you have an answer because I'm not that familiar with this one. (laughs) This was... Um, he was taken to task by a Senate subcommittee for for calling it a, a miracle drug. I, I mm-hmm. interviewed him about oh. this stuff, and and uh, this is you know. And then he was saying, I don't know how he explained it that he wasn't touting the product, and and uh, there were people trying to capitalize on his good name, but uh, I wouldn't, I would not believe that. <laughs> No, uh, I. You know, you can. You can. If you Google it, you'll you'll find the whole story. I I just don't remember it in its. It's entire... a few years ago, right? Uh, it... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and I wrote a, a thing about him recently in Zoomer magazine, and he got into a lot of trouble because oh. he kept touting these products. You know, drink this. Take the Garcinia Cambogia, and uh, you know there's no proof that these things work, and they generally don't work. And, okay. and you know, Lynn, I can give you my opinion overall on mm-hmm. on diet pills, and you'll find pharmacies have them, and there's different versions of it. And in Canada, it's a little bit different than the U.S. The U.S. Uh, may have some sort of chemicals and medications in some of the diet pills, but in Canada, a lot of them are are multivitamins, basically tablets that help to uh, replenish nutrients in your body, things like that, or also help to um, make your body feel a little bit more full so you're not eating as much, right? But I, there aren't any magic pills out there. You will find that some pharmacies may have some supplements to help um, help with people take uh, on a certain diet regimen to basically help to supplement what they eat to make sure they're getting the nutrition and things like that. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of them have a high caffeine level which is not good for someone who goes through high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And so. I've Okay. I've seen some, I think, that or teas or things like that, that basically they cause diarrhea. Am I wrong? Uh, it could, yeah. Some of them may have some of those types of effects depending on what's contained in them, right? So, so the best way is the old-fashioned way. <laughs> you watch what you eat, exercise, healthy, <laughs> things like that. But uh, there are some things that can help, um, but that's something definitely, you know, speak to your pharmacist. There are a variety Absolutely. of things out there. Perfect. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. You too, Okay, Lynn. you're welcome. Bye for now. All right. Uh, we have Jean in Brampton. Hi, Jean. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. I love this show. I listen to this every day. Thank you. Anyways, um, talking about allergies, I've had allergies for years, environmental, when my husband's cutting the grass or whatever, I have to hide in the house and close all <laughs> the windows and all that stuff because my eyes swell, my throat is sore, my ears are itching, and sneeze, 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 and, you know, the works. So I've tried all those allergy pills on the counters, and finally my doctor, uh, he's been a fairly new doctor because the other one retired, but um, he gave me a prescription, and I'll tell you what it is. It's uh, C-E-T-I-R-I-Z-I-N-E, 20 milligrams, and it works like a miracle. Yep, yep. And in in the summertime, I take the whole pill, like 20 milligrams, and in the wintertime, um, I just take half of it. What and is it? I am, it's reactant. 
but I'll um, tell you your strength. I, I can't believe the difference. Okay, so yeah. I just asking uh, Billy here exactly what that is. Yeah. Okay. So it's reactin, but a higher strength. It's a twenty milligram strength. Is that pres- what it is? Yeah. But pres- it's uh, yeah prescription but strength. It works. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's an example. It's, so it's, so if the reactin that I took didn't work, and or the one that worked for half my face, if I doubled the dose, yeah. would it? <laughs> Confusing, eh? So what like, is the dose the when they Usually say 10, yeah. it's, it's 10, 10 but it says 24 hours, so I'm assuming it's yep. that's, it's yeah. only 10 for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, so most people, that, that should be enough, right? So again, and the way allergy medication works is it's, it's a histamine, right? Your body releases histamine, and that's where you get all these side yeah. effects that you're talking yeah. about there, Gene. And what you're trying to do is block that from happening. And yeah. in your case, so, most likely is that you have more histamine released than the allergy pill the regular strength can handle. Uh-huh. So by having the prescription strength, what's going on there is that you're getting uh, a better protection from that histamine mm-hmm. and your reaction. It sure works. Yeah, I, you now, know. I, uh, now I can see in the spring. Because <laughs> <you know, laughs> before my eyes were bulging and yeah, I yeah. looked like I'd been beat up. <laughs> oh dear! And you take but, it before uh, anyway, you go outside. This works. And uh, as I say, I, in the winter time, I just take half a pill. It just sort of stays in my system. And then, uh, as soon as the buds start coming out and the grass is turning. I uh, take the full thing. Okay, well, thank you so much for the tip. Okay, no problem. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you very much. So it is reacting, but it's a a heavier dose. Yep. Yep. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. I just learned something, too. Let's go to Jennifer in Whitby. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. I'm trying to make my mind up whether I should have the shingles vaccination or not. And I'd like to know, does it actually or can it give you a a mild case of the shingles? It's, uh, you may get um, some mild effects of it. That's uh, potential for a lot of the different vaccines out there because what it does is it exposes your body to the, the actual, um, uh, well, not the real virus, but a version of it that is much milder so that your body produces those antibodies to protect you from the actual virus if you were to get it, right? So, so it is highly recommended to get it then? Yeah. You know what? The protective effect, if you have ever seen anybody or know anybody who's experienced shingles, the fact that we have a vaccine today that helps to minimize your or, or reduce your risk from that experience is, uh, I think, uh, uh, really a great option to have considered. And okay. uh, keep in mind, our, the Ontario government a few months ago in their budget indicated that they will cover it, um, uh, the shingles vaccine, for certain age groups. I can't remember it's the actual 65 yeah. to 70. A lot of people yeah. are actually upset that it's, it's cut everybody. off at 70. Yeah, yeah. like they're, they're arbitrarily deciding that, that age uh, yeah. limit, but and that I think we're going to hear more about the details in the fall sometime. Um, but it is something that we do recommend. Like if even if you're not covered, it's something that you know save up some some of the dollars and uh, and get yourself protected. And you know what? I know people who have had shingles, yeah. and it can be terrible. I mean, there are some mild cases, and sometimes the symptoms persist Months, for years, years, and and it can be quite debilitating. It's very painful. And so if you can at all afford it. Do it. If you talk to anybody who's actually had shingles and said if you were able to pay to reduce your risk for having it, they would definitely, most majority of them will say yes. They would have done whatever they could have to avoid having it. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Have a great day. You Thank too. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rhonda in Toronto. Hello, Rhonda. Hi. Good afternoon, Dr. Hi. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about, I'm taking simvastatin, and my doctor just put me on what they call Easytrol. 
Um, I'd just like to know a little bit about the Ezetrol, if it's a safe medication to take. I'm diabetic. Yeah. You know what? Ezetrol has been around for a number of years now. It's not necessarily anything new, but I would assume that um, there's been some changes or, or uh, your doctor has been doing some tests in terms of your cholesterol management and things like that. Like what's been happening? What was the trigger for that change? Um, but they want to keep it. I'm diet controlled for actually 29 years. Um, what he wants to do is he wants to keep the cholesterol down to below two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was his point. Um, but it, the only problem is um, I changed my diet so much that now I'm 57 years old that um, now I'm through menopause. I've become back to my, like almost my normal weight, but I'm getting too thin because um, he wants me to like cut back on food and stuff like that. But um, I want to have a substantial amount of weight on me. I don't want to be like 120 pounds at five foot five. I'm too thin. And and so is the doctor having you both on the simvastatin and the isotrol Com- yes. combination, right? So, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, they both work to uh, help to get the cholesterol levels down and and reduce that risk for a heart attack or stroke, right? So, it's I think that's very important. I don't know if that's it's not directly really. I mean, in terms of weight and your diet, I think you just need to make sure that you're uh, watching what you're eating. Speak to your doctor about what type of diet he wants you on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you got to balance the two. But the medications would be completely separate thing. I mean, this is, it's important. Obviously, your cholesterol levels are higher than what your doctor feels is good for you. Uh, the recommendations are to get an under two. And if the simvastatin is not working on its own, that's when the doctors will start adding other medications in combination to see okay, if they so can Okay, so basically, it it's just, I don't have to panic over it and worry that it's not a, a safe medication, right? That's right. Don't panic. I can just panic. take it on a regular basis with no worry. Yeah, and I'm assuming the doctors probably prescribed you uh, enough for, uh, you know, several weeks to a month's worth to get see how it works for you, see yeah. if it, it takes some effect in terms of any side effects for you. Your pharmacist will monitor you on that as well. And then if it's starting to do what it's supposed to do, then continue on with it, right? And okay. it, obviously, if it doesn't work, then you, you know, speak to your pharmacist and doctor, and they'll kind of look at saying, okay, is there some other options to look at? So Okay, thank you very much. Rhonda, just, more comfortable about yeah, it. Thank you. Rhonda, just a question. What's the problem with five foot five and 120 pounds? <laughs> a lot of people would kill for that. You know, I'm, everybody says I'm too skinny. I'm tired of people saying I'm too skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I, would, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> it gets to a point where you just want to say, okay, I'll eat more. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just the way society is now. Yeah. Sounds like a healthy weight to me. You just have to watch out, right? Yeah. It, you know, the diabetes, things like that. Yeah. It's more important for you to make sure you're monitoring the blood sugars and, and such, but it doesn't mean you can't eat. You just no, I watch. understand. Yeah, I eat, I eat Mediterranean diet. So it doesn't put a lot of calories on, and I'm very active with treadmill and weight. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm burning off more calories than I'm putting in, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like you're overall pretty healthy lifestyle, though. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your advice. Okay, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so the numbers once again, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And uh, I guess you deal, Billy, with a lot of people who have diabetes. It's it's uh, an epidemic and it's going to become more of an epidemic. Yeah, it's growing, right? It's, uh, it's a concern that, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know they have diabetes. They're, if you look at the stats, there's... The, scary. It's scary, right? Like the percentage of people in the population that may not be 
aware. And that's why it's it's important to just understand what it is. Um, get some screening done, right? Whether it's your checkup with your doctor, whether it's your pharmacy that offers a clinic day that does some screening on gl- like glucose levels. It gives people a sense of kind of where they're at in terms of uh, as their body changes as you age things change right and uh that's that's the the big thing but diabetes is is something that is can be managed well now we have all the tools we have the medications but you need to make sure you catch it on tell me a bit about those pharmacy clinic days because it sounds like an easy way to get it monitored and and what are some of the symptoms that you might notice that might prompt you to get in on one of those? Yeah, you know what, like, so so uh, pharmacies hold various clinic days, and if we're talking about a diabetes clinic day, typically you'll either have a pharmacist or a nurse on staff that day. They'll be uh, doing um, a blood glucose testing. And and these are very simple tests. You don't need to take blood out of the veins or anything like that. It's simply a finger prick that provides a little tiny drop of blood that gets into the machine. And within seconds, within seconds, it'll give you your blood sugar level. And for people who aren't diabetic, you typically don't have one of those devices or machines around, right? So this is one of those screening type uh, opportunities where when you go go to the pharmacy, national pharmacist, and even if they don't have a clinic day, most pharmacies would have some of these devices around. They may be able to do it for you anyways, just to do uh, that type of screening. It's, it gives you that opportunity just to see where your blood sugar levels are at. And if Always. they're high, then yeah. they will refer you and say, you know what, maybe you need to now go see your doctor and talk about it. Otherwise, you don't need to worry. We, we have less than a minute left, but what are some of the symptoms that might tell you that you should be checking this? Oh, things, you know what, things will change in terms of diabetes, right? So some, sometimes with diabetes, you might have a change in your appetite, might be a change in your weight. Um, you know, it's, if you get into more severe stuff, I mean, whether it's like your eyes and eyesight, things like that, because your blood sugar levels may be too high, but it, it's not easy to find symptoms. Like if you're starting to get diabetic, I mean, if you start seeing symptoms, it'd be very dangerous, right? So really, that's why the screening is so important on that factor. Okay, so it doesn't even necessarily mean if it's, it's just like there. It's high Every- blood pressure. You don't notice either, right? Same yeah, a lot idea. of people walking around with high blood pressure don't know Don't it. feel it, yeah. So, And that's another thing that is very easy to get screened at your pharmacy. pharmacy. Just put on the cuff and, yep. and you'll see. These, these, I guess, are numbers that we should all know. Yes. What are your numbers, right? And if you have an understanding and you track them, you'll get a sense if there's some changes happening. Okay. Billy Chung, thank you so much for that. That was Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.